Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 228. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have with us the award-winning and internationally acclaimed journalist and pop culture historian, Marty Gitlin. Marty. Thank you. Thanks for having me in. Internationally acclaimed. Okay. That's true. Accept, That's I'll true. That. There yeah. might be one or two people in China who know who I am. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really exciting, Marty. Before we went live on the air, we were talking about you know some of the books that you've done and some of that. Just really excited to talk to you a bit about, first of all, you, you start off as a journalist. You've written a lot of books about history. You've written a lot of books about sports history. And also, as we said earlier, a pop culture historian. You've written about animation serial sitcoms truly genuine pleasure being able to chat with you today marty well thank you so much yeah almost forgot about the great american serial book that was my first book my first trade book anyway i uh had a lot of success i wouldn't believe it that that book the great american serial book they had features on it in time magazine and reader's digest new york times wall street journal it was like uh, it was in these newspapers all over the country. It was crazy. I, I the book sold out. Actually, I was like, wow. you know, I didn't know it was a, a you know the complete history of breakfast cereals. It was a cereal encyclopedia, basically, <laughs> of what it was. And so, but you started off as a journalist, correct? Yeah, I uh, I went to school as a sport, sports journalist and graduated with a journalism degree and and worked uh, in the newspaper field from 1985 to 2002 covering, wow. you know, the Cleveland Browns and Cleveland Indians and so forth and um, quit the newspaper business then in 2002 and just started writing books and um, a lot of sports books, you know, of course, and pop culture history. And uh, I've been a freelance author for 20 years. How did that transition happen from being a journalist and writing for sports to then writing about history and then like pop culture history as well? Well, it was it was very difficult when I when mm. I left the newspaper field, um, I, I eventually hooked up and there was the Internet was just kind of getting rolling and everything. And I didn't know what I was doing exactly. And I I started doing some sports online for um, this company called Redline Editorial. Um, and uh, it was difficult. It was a very difficult transition. And then uh, the editor there said, how would you like to start writing books for us? um on history and sports and so forth you know educational books for kids middle school kids high school kids right. um e even some college students and uh, i said sure and so that's how the book writing got started that didn't really start till 2006 so so from 2003 to 2005 you know i was a little bit lost i was just kind of getting my feet wet in the um you know writing online and then uh, from 2006 forward from 2006 to 2012, all I did was educational books, and I did okay with that. And um, I worked a little bit with CBS Sports and stuff online. And then I had my Great American Serial book in 2012, and it, you know, I I really wanted to do trade books. I wanted to do, you know, have because the educational books are all assignments. Those were assigned right. to me. I wanted to do my own ideas based on my interests in sports and pop culture history. Like the, I wrote a book ranking the greatest sitcoms of all time. I wrote a book ranking the greatest cartoon characters of all time. And these are, you know, and some sports books and things. And these are the things that I, I really, you know, have a passion for. 
And it was so it was a lot of fun to do. And I've gotten publishers for it. And it's been, um, a, you know, a great ride since really 2012. Right. So talk to us a bit about that, where you were writing assignment books. How is that process? Are you basically handed like an outline to say it has to be this, 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 and this? How did, yeah. is that how that work? Um, this book, you know, oh, this book is for third to uh, fourth graders. And mm. you have to write, you know, uh, you can't go any more than 12 words per sentence. And you have to write, uh, the book is uh, 4,000 words long and you have to write six chapters and they have to be 600 words each. And then you have to do a glossary and you have to do, a, um, you know, this all this back matter and and it's difficult, especially, you know, I'm doing a book right now for second graders and it's really hard to write. I mean, you can't imagine because you got to mm. keep the, you know, the word count down to 10 words per sentence at the most and, and have these really easy words. And, and when you're a, a, you know, an adult writer writing adult stuff, you're used to doing that. It's really tough to write at that level, but right. uh, I've gotten used to it and um, I'm still doing a lot of the educational books, but um I'm doing a lot of trade books right now, right? You know, I'm, I'm working on a book right now for really for college students um, about women in the civil rights movement. So that's like almost like a uh, uh, scholarly book. Um, and um, I'm doing, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm writing a book about the history of hockey or the, okay. called the hockey book of why. And, I'm doing a, I just wrote an autobiography of a famous baseball pitcher named Sudden Sam McDowell, who was mm. a big all-star pitcher in the 60s, but he was a severe alcoholic and he wanted to do an autobiography. And it turns out that I wrote his autobiography for him. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it was uh, uh, whatever, whatever it takes, you know, I'm, I'm dabbling in a, you know, a little bit of everything. I find it interesting too, like your books itself seem to have, I mean, other than the assignment books, some of your other books really seem to have a, I don't know if it is like your journalism hat on there where you actually can write really snappy titles because some of them infer that you need to read this because this is some really good stuff. Like I'm thinking about like, you know, the totally gross history of medieval Europe, or when you're talking about the best sitcom, like you almost, as you said in a previous interview, you like to have your books create conversation and debate and arguments? Right. Is that well? Right? The, the yeah. gross history of medieval Europe that was an uh, that was an assigned um, right. that was a book for like fifth and sixth graders. But um, yeah, I you know the publisher usually decides the title of the book. Okay, like you know the greatest sitcoms of all time. I mean, it's not a very creative title, but they didn't really want a creative title. They just wanted a, a title that says this is what this is: the greatest sitcoms of all time. I like to rank things. You know, right. I'm the only author, it seems like, to, to do these ranking books. I rank the greatest cartoon characters of all time. I rank the greatest sitcoms of all time. I wrote a book ranking the greatest American athletes of all time. I created this point system and wrote a book ranking the greatest, you know, American athletes of all time. Um, right. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, I, um, it, it, I'm lucky because the stuff that I like to write about, the interest that I have, at least has enough interest to publishers that they'll, you know, they'll take it on. And now that I have, you know, somewhat of a reputation for writing successful books, it's a little bit easier to get my books published. When you're writing the assignment books, as compared to some of your passion projects, as you started off as a sports journalist, so you definitely have that premier passion of writing about, and you do a lot of sports history books. 
how is that different between those three genres, like your pop, pop culture, history, sports, and assignment books? Which one do you find more easy to write, I guess? It depends on the topic. Okay. You know, if it's a, like uh, I get a lot of assignments um, about, you know, like assigned books for kids on, on like science that I don't know anything about. So you have to research it. So those are a little bit tougher. If they give me a sports book or a book about, you know, 20th century American history, it's a lot easier for me to write those. But as far as like the writing itself, I find my trade books my for adults, books for adults are easier to write because I can just let it flow. I don't have to worry about um writing for kids and, and toning it down a lot. Um, the sports books are a little bit easier for me in certain ways because I'm so familiar with sports and I was a sports writer for a long time and I don't have to do quite as much research um, as I, I would with some other books. The pop culture history, um, you know, I've generally had co-authors for those, by the way, but mm. except the sit greatest sitcoms of all time. And th it takes some research because there are certain eras that I really like in cartoon characters, you know, like that book or, or sitcoms or whatever. So like the more modern cartoon characters and the more modern sitcoms, I have to do more research because I wasn't really as, you know, into those as I was with the classics. Okay. But sports, um, and, and you know, unless I'm writing about skiing or, or something, <laughs> you know, sports is pretty easy for me. Right. Cause you do have like all your ultimate you know, your ultimate Cleveland Indians, your ultimate Detroit Tigers, like all these are kind of have a really good long line here. Yeah, I did the ultimate Cleveland Indians first because that's the team I covered. And the publisher, which was Roman and Littlefield, they really liked that book. And so they said, why don't you turn it into a series? So I did. <laughs> I wrote the ultimate Boston Red Sox, ultimate Detroit Tigers, New York Mets, New York Yankees, St. Louis Cardinals. You know, I, I wrote a whole series of chicago cubs there you go um i wrote a whole series of ultimate uh, and they're they're really the only books out that cover the entire history of these franchises um and and those have been great because baseball is my favorite sport i mean i love football like basketball tennis i used to play some tennis at a fairly high level and mm -hmm. uh but um baseball has always been my favorite sport Right. And the Yankees, that was one that most previously came out. And then you have, as of this recording, your Cardinals is coming out in next spring. Yeah, right? I think the Cardinals book's coming out in in, May, in April or May. It's all yeah. done. It just has to be, you know, finished up. So was it like, since you're able to write a series of books, do you find it easier once you kind of get that rhythm in that you does like all of like your, your Yankees and your Mets? Like, do they follow the same oh, chapter yeah. breakdown? And Yeah, they're all, they're all, you know, um, basically what I tout them as is the greatest and most interesting teams and players and events and moments in the history of those franchises. And the only one that was different was the Yankees because – I couldn't focus on their championships. They've won 28 championships, 27, I think, World Series championships. So I had to take a little bit of a different tact uh, with the chapters in those. And, you know, with the other teams like the Indians, you know, or Guardians now, uh, they've yeah. only won two World Series championships. So I could do a chapter on those and then do other stuff too. But the Yankees uh, won so many championships, sort of the Cardinals too. Couldn't just right. focus on the championships. 
But because yeah, because did you kind of get inspired by doing these sports history books with the fact that it's kind of broken down to do X, Y, and Z and kind of follow that formula? Did you get inspired by that by doing your assignment books? No, I think it's been a set. What I got inspired to do was, you know, writing books generally that were not assigned to me, that were okay. my my creations, my ideas, my passions, um, you know, and and writing books on subject matters that I really, really, you know, love um, right. cartoons. And, you know, I'm, you know, I, I could never write a book about, you know, fixing a car or anything. So I, I write books on things that I know about and that I love and, you know, sitcoms and cartoons and sports and um, history. Um, and that was what's, that was what inspired me. I, I wanted to really do, you know, do books like that. Okay. What advice would you give to a writer who says, Marty, I think I, I think I can write. How do I get into writing assignment books, for instance? Well, the assigned books, you know, it's, um, it's, it, that's difficult. You have to really, um, have something to show. Okay. Um, as far as, you know, a lot of people have come up to me about, you know, just writing books in general. And mm -hmm. I always send them over um, to agentquery.com, you know, agentquery.com, because you go there and you really, you know, to get a trade book done, you really need an agent in these days, this day and age. You really do. It's hard to get books published just on your own anymore. You know, a lot of publishers won't even look at your manuscript or whatever, or any ideas that you have, if, if it's not agented. So you go there and agentquery.com has like these hundreds of agents out there. And it's, and it, it, each one says what kind of books that they take on it, fiction, nonfiction, and then more specifically, you know, sports or whatever. And, and, you know, put together a proposal, put together an idea, maybe a sample chapter and make it as complete as possible. And, and send it to 10 agents that do that subject matter. You know, that's right. what I did. And, you know, generally I've only gotten like, you know, one, eight, I've, been, I've had to work with five or six different agents for each, each sometimes like each book I do, I get a different agent because, you know, one doesn't want to do that one. So I'd have to get another one, but I've always right. been able to get an agent. And I've always, and they've always gotten my books published. Um, and that's kind of the bottom line. Would you also uh, provide, good advice on it's to diversify your writing because you've diversified. Do you find that is actually helpful for you as an author uh, because you're not niched in or do you believe it might be beneficial to be a niche author? It could be beneficial to be a niche author. Absolutely. I mean, um, uh, you know, probably 80, 90% of the authors out there, are on one subject matter. It, is, it could be very general, like sports or, or you know, history or whatever. But they're, um, you know, as long as um, it, the 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 key is to write a proposal that publishers will take to, and 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 the the most important part of the proposal is marketing. You know, you got to be able, you got to tell people why do you think this book is going to sell? Why is this book going to sell? Whatever the subject is, um, that is the most important part of the proposal. I just put together a proposal for a book I'm writing with a former Mets uh, standout named Art, Arthur Shamsky, Art Shamsky, uh, you know, about uh, it's a it's a baseball related book. And 
And uh, the publisher or the um, agent reminded me, he said, don't forget, the most important thing is that marketing. You know, you got to have a great marketing um, aspect to this proposal. That's what's that's what sells it to publishers. So wow. I made okay. sure I'm going to make sure we're putting together the proposal, you know, in the next week or two. But, um, you know, that's that's really, really important. And so because each one of your each one of your books, they seem to gravitate towards a different publisher then, too. Correct. Well, no, I've been lucky. Um, the serial book was uh, Harry Harry Abrams out of New York. And mm -hmm. I did a book, uh, I did a biography of a very controversial basketball player named Kyrie Irving. And that was the University of Nebraska Press. But most of my books have been published and they like my work, so they keep publishing them. Uh, Roman and Littlefield has been, my, has been the, my most popular publisher. I've done a lot of books for Roman and Littlefield. Mm -hmm. Including it, it, sitcom, it, it, greatest sitcoms greatest cartoon characters, um, and all those baseball books. Those were all Roman and Littlefield. Right. So I want to ask you, because you said that you you did, you were also co-authored with some of those books. From a business perspective, what would be your advice to somebody who says, hey, I want to go into writing a book with a friend of mine or a, a, you know, a person I met? What would be your advice to, to well, suggest? Well, you got to share the advance and share all the royalties. So that cuts down in, in half. And so I would advise if you could do it yourself, do it yourself. Hmm. But like, like the greatest cartoon characters, the celebration of animation book. Okay. I had a co-author named Joe Wos, who's the resident cartoonist for the Charles Schultz museum in Santa Rosa, California. And he is such an outrageous expert. One of the greatest experts on cartoon characters in the country. And he had all these friends and, and people that he's worked with that had all the images of these characters that we needed for the book. And I wouldn't have been, we wouldn't be able to do the book without my co-author because he had all these, um, you know, images of these cartoon characters for the book. So we had that. And plus he was an expert on all cartoon characters. I was more of an expert on the funny Warner Brothers, Hanna-Barbera characters. He was more of an expert on, well, he's an expert on all of them, but he was an expert on the these serious cartoon characters, the the superheroes. I don't know anything. I didn't when I was a kid and or when I had my daughters and grew up, you know, with them or watching, you know, watching cartoons with them. You know, I only watched funny cartoons, so right. I knew all about that. I could do all the entries. I could write all the entries for those characters, but I couldn't write the entries very uh, expertly on, um, you know, uh, on these uh, on Spider Man or whatever it is. I just couldn't because I didn't really watch them. But right. so, yeah, it's good to have a co-author. My um, it really is. You both decided off the bat that Bugs Bunny is number one. Yeah, I told yeah. I said to my co-author, I said, because we were going to decide our top 100, you know, and I said, so Bugs Bunny's number one. Right. Let's move on. He said, yeah, Bugs Bunny's number one. Let's move on. <laughs> it took him. It took like two seconds to make that decision. And it was the, the right decision. Whenever I tell people who ask about the book, whenever I tell people that, um, Bugs Bunny's number one, invariably they say, yeah, I get it. I understand. Yeah. No, but nobody ever says why Bugs Bunny number one. Nobody ever. Right. Was Has there been any, so, so talk, I'm, I'm really curious about this is that where did you have the most debate? Was it the top 10, the top 25 or like the bottom part? Where was the most debate happening? Two, for that two through a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> two through a hundred, man. We, we went painstakingly over it and we did making decisions that we, what we both did was we put together our top 100. Mm -hmm. I put together my top 100. He did his, 
We tried to be as objective. We didn't want this book to be, oh, these are our favorite cartoon characters. We wanted to be the best based on different criteria, legacy, personality, you know, whether they were evil characters or funny characters or superheroes, you know, how well right. their personalities matched. Uh, unique voices. Do they have unique voices? How much they contributed to the shows that they were on? All that kind of stuff. And uh, we just went painstakingly over it, two through 100. Um, it was difficult. Um, but we, we got it done. We, we thought we'd put together a pretty good list, but it took a long time. It took months to get right. our, you know, to get two through a hundred. It took two seconds to get number one and, and several months to get two through a hundred down pat. Was there any, was, was there any regrets on ones that didn't make the list or anyone that, yeah. that you believe that should was have one. at least made it? There was one that we both admitted later that we kind of bypassed and we, maybe we shouldn't have Felix the cat. We didn't get Felix the Cat in there. And uh, months later, because I had had comments about it, months later I said, dude, we should have put Felix the Cat in there. And he said, yeah, I know. I thought about that. He's thought about it too. That's the one we kind of missed, I suppose. But um, other than that, you know, I don't think we missed anything. Right. I had, um, I'll tell you a little story if you don't mind. I I was at a Comic-Con selling this book and a guy comes up to me and he had his wallet out already. He was all ready to buy it. He said, oh, I want this book, which was exciting because, you know, usually I have to show them the book, try to convince them to get it. And he said, uh, where do you have Huckleberry Hound ranked in your book? I said, well, we didn't. He didn't make the book. And I never thought Huckleberry Hound was a great character or super funny. Right. And he put his wallet away and he looked at me like angrily. And he said, you have you have lost all credibility with me. <laughs> And he walked away without getting it. It shows how passionate certain people are about their favorite characters, you know. Um, right. But, you know, Huckleberry Hound was one of the last cuts, but he didn't make it. Right, right. Is there, I'm, I'm kind of curious as well, is that with this genre that you did with like the sitcoms and, the, you know, the, the animation, is there a, some more genres of, genres of this? Like, you know, as you, you we, we talked about the serial earlier, is there, other pieces of pop culture history I, that you I, want to I, start doing? I keep thinking about it. I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to rank the greatest game shows of all time. Okay. You know, yeah. Jeopardy, you know, whatever. And, uh, but it's sort of been done. It wasn't really done in a ranking thing, but there's been a couple books out about, you know, the great game shows of, of our history. So I didn't right. really, I decided not to do it. I, um, I'm, I would love to do some kind of book on the history of rock and roll because I'm a huge 50s and especially 60s rock and roll freak uh beatles and stones and the beach boys and the birds and all that you know i love that stuff but it's been done to death you know there's nothing really i can uh there's no avenue toward and and you know publishers you know want something new you know rock and roll from 60 years ago is is kind of been done to death and and there's you know i i've i've been feeling it out but there's not much i can do about it do you prefer to write books that you want to read or do you prefer to write books that you think are going to sell well it's both uh, not okay. you know um i realize that my interest is is not the interest for everybody you know kind of, right. uh writing about bugs bunny or writing about you know all in the family or whatever or um you know everybody loves raymond um might not be you know everybody's cup of tea so I, I, I like to write what I like to write about, but I also have to keep in mind that publishers are going to have to want it and right. it's going to have to sell. Yeah. Um, and, 
it doesn't always, you know, I mean, someone, uh, if, you know, as a freelance writer, okay, I can make a lot more money writing for corporations about plastic or whatever. And, and I can, people have told me, you know, you could make $500 just writing an article about plastic or something. And I, I don't want, I don't care. I, don't, I, I make enough money. I, you know, I do okay. I get by. Money doesn't mean that much to me. I just rather be happy and do things that I like to do and write right. things that I like to write about. And, um, and so that's what I do. And I, you know, I'm, uh, had my best year, you know, this year, fortunately, I, I do programs, presentations. I have eight different presentations that I do at libraries, senior centers, and assisted livings. Oh, wow. All over the Ohio and Michigan and Pennsylvania, I go and drive and, and do these programs where I show videos of the greatest sitcoms or the greatest cartoon characters or sports, you know, and I have eight different programs. And so I make money doing that, too. And it's, you know, I yeah. I set my own hours. I'm a freelance author and writer and presenter, and I can set my own hours, which is nice. And I could sleep in when I want to sleep in and kind of live the life lifestyle that I um I prefer in your study is, do you have any, it's like manuscripts or like idea books, like ideas on there? Like this is my to-do list. I have some other book. How do you prioritize your, your projects? I just kind of take it as it goes. I, you know, I always have maybe two or three projects going at all, all times. And I don't really think about it much. It's like, it just, it just works out that way. You know, Oh, right. someone will give me an assignment. I'm right now I'm doing a book for kids. Uh, it's a eight. It's a eight part series or a six part series. Yeah, six part series on uh, underdogs and upsets in, in <laughs> sports. You know, so I had to come up with six the, the biggest upsets in the history of sports and and write you know these little books about them. And uh, you know, I'm doing the book on the civil rights thing. I'm doing the book on hockey. And it always seems that I, I have two or three going things going at once. And plus, I have all the presentations that I do. So I'm busy enough. You know, I'm working you know, a pretty much a, a full time. And it, when, when that one, when those disappear and I'm done with those, I'll, you know, it's whatever way, you know, I've got this new thing with Art Shamsky coming up and it, it always seems like it just works out that way. And, you know, once every several months, I'll, I'll come up with a new idea and, and pitch it. How long does it take you to write, write one of your, one of your, more of your project books? Well, the educational books, there are certain educational books I can do in a couple of days. Hmm. Um, and there's certain educational books that are a lot longer, like for middle school kids that takes me a longer. And, and I'm, I'm all, you know, I'm, I'm uh, kind of juggling different projects at once. So it's not like I'm working eight hours in, on one project and then, and then eight hours the next day on the same project. I just kind of juggle and do what I, what I feel like doing that particular day. Cause I got to get multiple things done. Hmm. Um, but uh, the trade books, like the sports trade books I do, I can I can knock those off even if they're like 60,000, 65,000 words. I can do those in 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 like in not even working eight hours a day doing it. Um, I could do those in three or four months because it's it's the subject matter I know so much about that it's you know, I can just write without even doing that much research. Right. As far as you know, some other books that I do you know, I, I don't think I've ever done a book that took me more than four, five, six months to write. Right. And so, that, so that when surprises it, a lot of people because most people think it takes years uh, to write. But what takes a long time is to get it, you know, to do the proposal, get an agent, 
get it, get a publisher, you know, do um, and do all that preliminary stuff. That's what right. takes more time. And then once right. you do that, once you're all set to write, it doesn't take me that long. Right. So it's a bit different when you're writing these, the kind of like these research based. So not only do you have to have say like a line editor and also a, a, a do you now also have to have someone to edit it by actually doing the research to make sure to do like kind of like the fact checking piece to it that you have? Yeah, to have now? there's all all the uh, all the books I do, whether they're trade books or educational books, they have fact checkers um, mm -hmm. and they go painstakingly through all my manuscripts and um, make sure that everything is factually correct. Um, and, and, you know, they, they also do the editing, you know, there might be a typo or two here and there, or right. they have a, a style, like a grammar style that, you know, I don't always follow as closely as I should. I just kind of do my own thing and then they can kind of, uh, fit it to their own grammar style, you know, but, um, right. yeah, it's, um, it, it, you know, once I'm done writing the book and once I send it to the publisher, it's usually months before I right. hear from them again and say, okay, we're all done editing and fact checking. And why don't you go over it one more time? And generally they've done such a good job that I, I read through it and I'm like, yeah, you did fine. Right. Go, go ahead, go publish it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm curious too, is that because you're such an accomplished, you know, writer as well, is there any genre that you, you you've always been curious to dip your toes in? Like, is there a is there is there a, is there a, a, a Marty book that's like a Harlequin romance or like an <laughs> epic sci-fi fantasy no, thing? No. You know, it's funny. I know a lot about four or five different subjects: sports, mm. history, you know, um, pop culture history, um, right. rock and roll music of the past. Um, and I know absolutely nothing about anything else. <laughs> you know, I know like I, I, I don't clutter my mind with too. I like politics a lot. I'm really into like modern politics. I'd like to write some kind of book maybe about, you know, modern politics or about the, um, Democrats and Republicans, but I, I'm not, you know, I'm very interested in it, but I'm not, an, right. I never covered it. So I'm not really enough of an expert to, to really sell books on, uh, on that I, I um I I pitched a book one time called The Loser, The Losers, and it was all about the presidential candidates that lost right throughout history, yeah. you know. Right. But it turns out it was already done. So okay, and, you know, in a different but, title, but but I you know I, I you yeah. know I really like politics a lot. I, I'm into yeah. um into the whole scene and um and so you know that's another subject that I know I know enough about or I know a lot about. But um, other than that, man, you you can name a hundred subjects that I know absolutely nothing about. <laughs> but is there? I'm I'm curious too, just from because from the history perspective, is there a a specific like athlete or or so? Because yeah, I mean, you've written a bun about like you know Sam McDowell, as we mentioned earlier. But is there other ones because you're kind of combining your maybe, for instance, uh, Mel Blanc, or like is there is there somebody in history that you want to have the general public know have a better deep dive on understanding this person yeah well you know i i well those were assigned to me i i did a couple right. books very early on when i started writing about um princess die and audrey hepburn and mm. i wrote books these were like educational books for like um college students and even right. adults 
And I wrote a book about the, the history of the KKK. Yeah. And I wrote a book about the Wounded Knee Massacre. Yeah. Um, it was probably the, the end of the Indian Wars of the 19th century. Um, and I'm really into that. I, I really, I'm, I'm very much into the, um, but that's history. You know, I'm, I'm really into history. Uh, uh, I like the whole um, I, the I, Indian, you know, wars of the 19th century, um, big, little big horn and all that kind of stuff. That interests me a lot. But, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a professor. You know, right. um, I, I, I would think that it would be very difficult for me to get a trade book published on these subjects because I'm not, um, I'm not considered to be, you know, an expert at that level. Right. Right. Well, so, so, so Marty, if people want to learn more about you, what's the best, best place they can go to? Well, um, I do have uh, if they want to know about my books anyway, um, um, Etsy.com um, slash Gitlin books. There you go. You got to go to Gitlin books, all one word on Etsy.com. And then, um, and then it'll say below, oh, do you want uh, do you want to look at this page or something? And it'll direct you to the page. And those are the books that I have, you know, um, uh, a lot of sports books right now. The sitcom book, they overpriced, and so I don't sell that. But the, mm-hmm. the, the, if you're a sports fan and you're a fan of any of these teams that you're showing, you can get my books on Etsy.com. All my other books, if you go to, like, Amazon, get, you know, Marty Gitlin books on Amazon, there's going to be dozens and dozens that show up and you can maybe right. pick and choose what you'd like. Well, listen, Marty, you gotta, I've, this has been so fun chatting with you. And next time you have, you know, one of your books come out, you know, come back on. This has been fun. I love talking with you. Well, that would be great. I, I will absolutely do that. I, I do appreciate you um, taking the time for me and um, hello out there to everyone watching. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was an award-winning sports writer anyway. Well, yeah, it's so funny. You can still say award-winning. Yeah, you're good. All right. All right, here we go. Um, All right, where is it here? I already had this all written up and everything, and now where did it disappear to? All right, here we go, Martin. All right. This is good. I'm going to edit this part out afterwards, so it'll be –